Praise God. Oh, let me get my Bible, huh? You know, God's been doing some healing with me. It's kind of miraculous. I, I have to tell people sometimes. Yeah, amen. Praise God. You remember me saying I'm sick of winting. It's time. Well, that was God saying it's time. So let's get this show on the road. But, but uh, yeah, well, I have to tell you about that at the conference. I can't tell you everything at one time. But one of the things that I've found is my eyesight is getting much better. I keep nursing my glasses because I'm used to doing it. But, uh, but in First uh, Second Timothy chapter one verse seven says, "For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love." And of a sound mind. So think about this though. What does fear do to you? If God has not given us fear. But in the, in, in the place of that. He gives us power, love and a sound mind. What do you think fear does to you? Makes you weak, powerless. Takes your mind, makes you crazy. Huh? And it makes you a person who uh, has, is, is moved not by love. But by selfishness, iniquity, see, fear will cause you to think about you 100% and you won't be able to tap in to the fearless faith of God. And fear kind of rides along sometimes as your constant companion. Just, you know, goes along for the ride. Nobody told him to stay home or go away, so he'd go with you. You understand what I'm saying? And so we have to learn how to refuse fear. And pick up what God has for us. See, this is what you want. You want to let fear stand by the wayside, rebuke it, ignore it. However you lose fear, you do that. And pick up the spirit of God, which is power, love, and a sound mind. So that's a fearless faith. So when you pick up God's spirit and you make up your mind you're going to move in God's spirit and you're not going to move in fear anymore... Then you take on the attributes of God. God ain't scared of nothing and nobody. I'm going to tell you this right now. And he can make people, his people, the same way. You see it throughout the Bible. The ones that we admire and the ones are champions, they have fearless faith. We don't admire people who are weak. Even though we'll, we'll try to hide behind weakness as an excuse not to do certain things. But we really admire people who are strong and fearless. In fact, most of the time we scare them. We avoid people like that. You find people who will just tell you, well, I'm going to do this and that and the other. And, you know, I'm going to be this, that and the other. Sometimes we kind of look at them funny. and, huh? Because it's not such a common commodity on the earth. Most people are self-protective. Most people doubt their own abilities. They doubt their own uh, uh Really, they doubt God and his word and what God's word says about them. God says that that you are a chosen generation, your royal priesthood. We act like paupers most of the time instead of royalty. We're scared of everything. We're scared of losing this, scared of losing that. We never have enough of anything. We don't have enough to be generous and to share and to do the things that God wants us to do. Even when you're, when you don't have much, you can be a giving person. You can be a loving person. You don't have to just hide within yourself always wondering, you know, if you're going to have enough for, for you and, 
and the ones you really care about. You can be a person who has the love of God and demonstrates the love of God in everything that you do. You can be that person because God has said so. And if you will believe God and what he says, instead of the, the what they saw, say, conventional wisdom or the prevailing attitude or the attitude of the world or the attitude of fear, if you'll believe God instead of being fearful... You will experience the fearless faith of God. All you have to do is step into it and work it. Let it do what it do. You understand me? And don't mess with it. Don't tamper with it. You can't make any improvements on God. You can't make any improvements on his faith and what he puts inside. You can't improve on this. So just don't mess with it. Obey the Spirit of God, humble yourself to God, and you'll get through these things. And when you get over on the other side, you know, your mind will look back and say, you know, I don't even know how I did this, the way I felt about this when I first got started. I don't even know why I'm still here. I don't know how I made it through, but I made it through. And so that's what you want. You want that report about yourself, that you trusted God and you moved out in fearless faith. So God exchanges our fear for his fearlessness. And that's his faith. The power, love, and sound mind are part of the spirit of faith. It's part of it. I know people preach stuff like do it afraid. I don't really believe in that. Because, see, I was, I was phobic at one time. And, see, fear is my enemy. I don't let him hang around me even a little bit. Huh? Not even a little bit. You know, I don't care about sticking my head in a lion's mouth. You know, I really don't. You know, if God says do it, that's if that's where if that's where my my little puppy is, I'm opening his mouth and putting my hand in there and getting him out of there. You understand what I'm saying? Because <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You just can't live like that. You, you you can't. You know, you may think you have a little bit of fear. Or you know, well, I can skip this or it's, that's not important. We say that about so many things. Well, what is important? What's important enough for us to make that change and look at what God wants to do and say, you know what, if I don't do anything else today, I'm going to trust God with this. I'm for once in my life, I'm going to step out and do what God tells me to do just so I can see what's on the other side of my obedience. I'm sick. Why sit we here until we die? Why am I sitting here until I can't do anything else? Sometimes you're compelled to do it. You've got to do it. You don't have any choice but to do it. The reason sometimes we get down to our last penny and we get pinned against the wall is God knows there's faith in there. And that's the only way he can move us to do it. We can't do nothing else but trust God. And he's hoping we'll catch on and make up our minds to start to live a life of fearless faith. Live a life that gives glory to him. Live a life that... That wants to to help us to enable ourselves and enable others. We got to learn how this stuff operates. If the church isn't willing to do it, there's nobody else who can do it. We're it. You got me? And so God wants us to understand how his faith operates and to appropriate it. It's ours for the taking. It really, really is. So he exchanges our fear for fearlessness. And that is the power of faith. The power of of power, love, and a sound mind. The power of God. A sound mind means 
that you have the ability to capture your thoughts and not let them run run wild. You know, you, you have the ability to pull that in and say, no, wait a minute. That don't line up with, with God's word. That ain't even what he told me, devil. You got me? And and to confront these things over and over and over and over again. See, fearless faith doesn't get tired of the confrontation. It knows that that's the only way anything's going to happen good, you see. So we're ready for it. And we understand it's going to come. And it's going to come in areas. See, I can have all kind of fearless faith for your stuff. But don't come talking that faith stuff with me. Because, see, I know me. I'm different. You know, my situation is, that ain't what, that ain't what this is about over here. This is about something else. That ain't, that's what you is about. But, you know, we want to dance all around obedience and call it something else, you know. See, when it's your situation, I can undergird you. And see, this is, this is how faith gets transferred onto people. See, you're, you're in the sandbox making little castles and messing them up, making them, yeah, no, I'm praying for your, your finances. Yeah, and I'm, I'm in my sandbox messing mine and building it up again, praying for you. But see, when, when you come into my sandbox, you can't mess my stuff up. You understand what I'm saying? So I get my experience playing with mine on her life. I'm going to say it again. See, God gives you the ability to understand faith in a way that is non-threatening to you on her life. See? So I'll agree with prayer. Yeah, no, come on, let's dig in because God's going to do this thing for you. And I can dig right in and have a merry old time. We rejoice together when it comes through and I'm all excited for you. But see, when it knocks at my door, it's a different ball game. See, I got something at stake now. You got me? So I'm praying that somebody will come and undergird me and have a better attitude about it than I had when I was praying. You understand what I'm saying? This is, this is what we want. We want the real deal. We want the real stuff. Because for some reason, we can't even understand how God, how did you move and answer on that flimsy little half-asleep prayer I prayed? You know how we do. Get the old manual out, them, them uh, doggy, weather-beaten pages. We praying over all of this. Uh, divine protection. You know what? I had to switch mine up. You know, we pray for over 70. I started praying mine at 55. I said, why sit me here until I die? You know what I'm saying? I upped my game. I said, no, I ain't waiting until 70. Pray for my eyes not to go dim. They might, they trying to go that way now. <laughs> Little did I know when I wrote the prayer at 40. Well, you know, 40-ish, whatever it was. We ain't go. 35, okay. It's 35. I was just born praising God. I was a preacher at an early age. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? You know, it, it looks like a long way away when you start <laughs> writing this stuff down about for somebody else. But when it starts getting closer, that's, and that's where faith operates. 
See, it, it, it sounds like a good prayer years ago, but then when you get closer to it, you say, man, I should jump in this right now. Huh? And we should do that about all of the word of God. We should want to jump into it in the now. <laughs> I mean, Moses climbed a mountain when he was 120. Come on, y'all. I couldn't even do the stairs one at a time. I'm still winting. I'm scared to step on this one leg <laughs> too many times in a row because I ain't used it in such a lot. You know what I'm saying? Come on now. We can do better. If I was fearless, I'd take them out like Moses did. It was worth it for him to get there. See, fearless faith will have you evaluate what you're going after and your mind makes up the fact that it's worth the risk going after it. That's what makes it fearless. See, all the, all the, all the excuses fall off. All the baggage falls off. And there's nothing left but you and God and what you see in your future. And is it worth the risk for me to go after it? See? Is it worth the risk? Well, what am I going to gain by not going after it? Mm-hmm. Now, this is, we all say no. Oh, well, I'm not going to gain anything. But how many of us really make a move? Huh? How many of us will really make that move that's necessary to make so that we can get what God has for us? We, we will sit here and we will do what we do over and over and over again and not even step out because we've so many excuses. So many excuses. And situations come up to shake us up and make us realize, man, we need to get on this. If we're going to do this, if not now, when? If not me, who? You understand what I'm saying? There's, there's a, a place where you know it's your time. It's time for you. To move out of this place where you are. What is fear? It's a perceived danger. Perceived. Attempt to avoid the threat. Fear immobilizes and paralyzes people. That's why God hates it. It's so totally the opposite of confidence in God. When you're confident in God, you take him at his word and you move out. To prove his word. That's what you're doing. Every day that you get up, you're proving God's word. Are you healed? Are you whole? Are you at peace? Are your goods at peace? Your children at peace? Your property at peace? So you set out to prove God's word every day. You go go through life thanking God for the things that he has blessed you with. With the expectation of greater blessings. Because he promises to prosper us. That means more than you had yesterday, not less. That means an increase in some way. It's, It's wisdom, it's knowledge, it's happiness, contentment. Something must increase. That's why the Bible can promise that your latter years will be better than the ones that you had starting out. They should be. They should be. Because you're walking with God every day and the promises of God, the path of the righteous, the Bible says, is like a shining light. It grows brighter and brighter into the perfect day. 
So it's, it's not like things are getting worse for you. They are getting better for you. So why should we fear? Psalm 27 says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? If God is the strength of your life, there's no weakness in you. There's no stopping you. There's no, there's no controlling you. People who live close to God, when they get in their older years, get, get to the end of life kind of thing. And we don't know when that is. <laughs> you don't know whose time it is. Some of them, the only thing that would cause them to pause in their strength in God is, is probably the loss of a spouse. You saw it happen with Lester Summerall. You know, it's, he had been married to his Louise for, <laughs> I don't know, 70 years close to, something like that. Over 60 years. She was a piano player. And he was the evangelist. And, you know, had a short courtship because they knew. She prayed for him for many, many years. And, and not long after he lost her, he went home to be with the Lord. But look at Billy Graham. His wife's been gone, what, a number of years now. Same thing with T.L. Osborne. Daisy left and he'd been here for another 12 years or so, still serving God, still going strong. And so these things are, are significant because they reveal to us the truth of God's word. That your latter years will be greater than your former years. Why? Because you have more harvest coming because you've served God longer. You're wiser now. You know how not to waste time with things that don't, won't pay off for you. So these things are significant to, to understand and to know and to hold on to. You see people in the world, they dread getting older because they look for their lives to go downhill after a certain time. You know, if you're a Christian, you could step over like Moses did. Huh? You can, you can write any ticket you want to with God. You know, you don't have to be a, a, some kind of little vegetable sitting somewhere dependent upon somebody to do basic functions for you. You can get that understanding with God. God, I want to finish strong. I want to go out in a blaze. Huh? I want to preach myself. You know, into glory, that kind of stuff. And just leave right in the middle of the sermon. They'll think you went to the bathroom. You went, (laughs) you know, let's make it fun, folks. It doesn't have to be the, we're not people, we're not in the world. We're, We're here, but we're not of this place. You don't have to dread all these things that the world dreads. You can, you can be happy. What, what else? I don't know what else to say. Deuteronomy 31.6 tells us to be strong and of good courage. God likes courageous people. Psalm, Psalm 56.3 and 4 says, what time I am afraid, I will trust in God. So it's not that fear won't ever try and tempt you and it won't ever come upon you. You'll have things that you're required to do. You haven't started to do them yet. And fear will come upon you. Thoughts of this won't work or how am I going to do this? Where am I going to? The first thing we think, where's the money going to come from? Where did it come from for the last thing you did? Huh? Didn't come from you, came from God. 
See, if you see God as your source and not your your bank account, that you're always robbing Peter to pay Paul and bad management is most of it. Hmm? We see too many things we want. Want too many things we see. Don't get God's cooperation with things. Trying to do stuff behind his back. Huh? See, this is, this is the way we, we do things sometimes. Things that we really want to enjoy, we try to hide them from God. We try to hide our desires from God. And he sees it all the time. He's the one making a provision. He could get you a better deal. He can get it for you wholesale. You understand what I'm saying? If we let him in on it, but we want to go run behind his back and get stuff. and uh, Then we can't pay our bills. We whining and crying, scared to go to God. And he knew, saw you all along. He doesn't care about these things that will perish. He really doesn't. We shouldn't care so much about them either. You know what I'm saying? I mean, going to die if you don't get this. Going to die if you don't get that. And come on now. We're Christians. He doesn't mind us. <laughs> Say that. <laughs> I've, got, I've got 12 watches. You know what I'm saying? I just, come on now. This is not necessary, folks. But I prayed before I bought every one of them. <laughs> I finally I was on a um, one of these shopping channels. I don't I don't watch them too often. No, not that one. It's another one. I no, it's another one. I know, I know. But I found a I found a jewelry box that holds sixteen watches. That's mine. Oh my God! It's God! It's gotta be God! You understand what I'm saying? And this is nonsense. But I just like them. You know, I look at them as a piece of jewelry where somebody might buy a bracelet, I buy a watch. You understand what I'm saying? And I sell them to other people, too. Right, ladies? See? I do that. <laughs> Just to keep my conscience clean. You know? When they don't make a 16-container watch thing, I was so excited. <laughs> Finally, God understands me. Anywho, but... Uh, we all got them things. For some people, it's shoes. For some people, it's absolutely. Men is worse. They, they toys cost in the tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, they'll put you in shock with the stuff they want to buy. How much is it? 25000 Woo! Whoa! But God understands all of it. You understand what I'm saying? He puts desire for good things into us so we can enjoy life. It would be boring down here if you couldn't get your little whatever you get and spend too much money for it instead of paying your rent. Now, don't do that, please. Listen, my my mortgage is paid. Everything is paid. I'm not waiting to get set out nowhere, and I'm not robbing Peter to pay Paul. You know, come on, Peter needs some money sometime, too. He don't want just to be taken Taking, you know, getting second best all the time. Y'all got to give Peter something, man. But God knows what we desire. He put the desire for those things inside of us. He didn't put the lust for them in there. 
So we have to make sure that we let God know the things. He said, make your request known to me. If you there's something you want out of life, make, run that by me. You got me? Make that request known to me. He said, and I'll give you peace about it. And you'll be able to hold on until it gets here and lust won't overtake you so that you're doing everything that you can just to get this thing. Hmm. Faith confronts the threat to one's security and safety. So when fear comes to threaten your security and safety. Faith looms up like a shield. It'll well up on the inside of you and say, now, wait a minute, that's not for you, that you don't have to receive that. And God has a way for you. God's word says in the word of God will begin to minister to you in that area so that your peace comes back, your contentment comes back. It's hard to fight when you're scared. And it's hard to hear anything from God when you're scared. And my advice to you is to go to God until you get peace about something and then come out swinging. You understand what I'm saying? You don't have to to come out swinging with fear hanging all over you and barely getting the job done. You can come out in full assurance of faith is what the Bible says. You're confident. You're victorious. You know your victory is right there. It's like you can touch it. It's, It's almost within grabbing distance for you. And God wants us to have consistent fellowship with him, a tight relationship with him where we trust him and we don't try to hide our little thoughts from him. Oh, I want this, but I ain't going to ask God for it. I can go get this myself. You don't get anything yourself. He'll put these things into your hands. He'll put them in your possession. I know if I could, could wait some time for my little watches I like, I'd probably get them a lot cheaper, you know, than I do. Well, not necessarily, to, but you know what I'm saying. You can, you, can, you can allow God to bring things into your life. He'll help you to understand his provision that way. He'll put you on a, a good schedule of, of how to manage your finances. I can remember when I was in Detroit, I, would, I had a schedule for how I would buy certain things. And I was always able to get most of the things that we really needed at least 50% off if I stayed on my schedule. When I got off my schedule, I wound, my, wound up paying more for them. Well, the schedule was the grace of God. See, he had graced me to be able to stay in a flow and keeping a certain level of living, you know, that that I liked. I buy too much stuff, still buy too much food. I'd like to be able to buy less, but I'm working on it. You understand? I'm working. Shut up. (laughs) Get thee behind me. (laughs) But you know what I'm saying. I mean, I don't waste much. You know, we got a dog and she fat. You know, like the groomer said, I said, well, we're a little overweight here, Miss Kim. She said, I've seen worse. I said, we'll, we'll consider that a compliment and we keep going. <laughs> Whatever. Faith confronts, confronts that threat. See, your faith confronts it. You don't. See, this is the good part about it. Your faith will confront the threat to your security and safety. When faced with fear... 
faith in God will automatically confront the threat. Your faith, when you stand in God's word, when you stand in confidence in God, for instance, if uh, a bill comes up unexpectedly that, that you weren't anticipating. Now listen, folks. Let me tell you what not anticipating means. It's anything other than rent, utilities, groceries. Them is coming up anyway, and y'all need to have it. You see, you got your, you understand what I'm saying? Because people, oh no, the rent due. Listen, it's due every month this time. Ain't no shock to you. Oh no, I just, like you all shocked they want money again. They want it every month. It's called a mortgage. You know, you'll shock yourself sometimes you mess your head up like that. Because some people live in such fear. Fear will tell you you never have enough of anything. It'll tell you, 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 you know, your paycheck is never adequate. And God has provided that for you. All he wants you to do is trust him in the management of it. And you look at it and you automatically decide it's not enough to do what you want to do. No, because you want to squander it. And see, God is trying to teach us how to be faithful with what he gives us, how to manage it properly, how to be good stewards, how to be Christians when it comes to your money. That's all it is. You're just being a Christian when it comes to your money and, and how to manage things. Most things, most problems we have are poor management problems. Poor management and bad attitude. I'm going to say it again. If you're waiting for your paycheck every week so you can do certain things, you're not living in the abundant mentality God has provided for you. Well, that went over real big. Maybe I'll just, let me go get me something to drink so I can say that again. Because, see, y'all, what, what we do is we, uh, people say, how you doing? Uh, I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm full of the joy of the Lord. And you're looking tense and nervous and crazy. I got it going on spiritually. Yeah, blessed by the best with no stress, more or less, I guess. I'm a mess, a hot mess. But I'm perpetrating like I got it all together. Let me put my security glasses back on. Y'all have made me lose my focus. I've been trying to figure out where to go with y'all for the longest time. But I was talking about rent. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, rent, 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 rent. <laughs> but the stewardship, see, that's where your biggest fear is. The fear that you don't have enough money to do what you want to do, what you need to do, and enjoy life and be content. Because we are yet carnal. We think money is the answer to everything, and it's not. See, the devil can keep you in his grip of fear as long as, as the, the, the premise in your thinking is on his side. See, if, if you're coming from a position of the world, you never have enough. It's never enough. Because lust speaks to people who live in the world and they never have enough. There's never enough. Like me and my watches. 
if I would give up the nails, the fiberglass nails, I could pull the stems out and change the time on them. I mean, they got time all over. I cannot know what time it is in London, Hong Kong, Paris. This, I mean, it's kind of pathetic when you think about it. Right, right, right. I need a valet to change the watch time. You know what I'm saying? This is stupid. But I can't stop myself. <laughs> what I'm scared of, I don't know. But you understand what I'm saying. A little lust work in there. That's all that is. A little lust work in there. But if we will get ourselves out of the worldly mentality and understand abundance, understand that you don't have to see it in your possession. You don't have it, have to have it in your bank account. You don't have to have it within grasp and reach. But it is yours because your father says he has it for you. And you can draw from that anytime. See, you'll step out in fearless faith. And you won't be afraid to do the things that get, bring you joy in your life. You won't be afraid to buy gifts for family members to make them happy. You won't be afraid to expect to be able to do great things in God because you live beyond the realm of your own mentality from time to time and beyond the realm of what the rest of the world lives in and the rest of the Christian world lives in. The rest of the Christian world is still trying to convince themselves of God's abundance. Instead of walking in a knowing of it. So you can walk in a knowing of it. You can, you can, you can test it yourself. <laughs> I won't say that. Because most of y'all looking at me like, I can do that. Uh, I don't mean that way, Sheree. <laughs> I ain't even looking over there. Because she got some ideas that won't quit. I'm sure. Most of us do. <laughs> But once we walk in a knowing of God's abundance and provision, his abundant help for us, his abundant encouragement toward us, his abundant love for us to give us more money after we screwed up the last money he gave us. See, he's that kind of father. He's a forgiving father. Now, you can mess it up again. He might leave you in the stew a little bit longer this time. But you know he's coming for you eventually because he's a forgiving father. God, I thought I had more in there than I actually had in there. And I wrote that check out and it bounced all over the place. And it cost five more checks to bounce at $35 a piece. Some of us have been there. Huh? Then you go to the bank and they say, well, you've been a customer, a good customer of ours for, and you don't know where they got that information because that don't describe you and you know you ain't been. Huh? Tell me something, somebody. And you say, oh, that's me. That's, well, we're just, thank you, Tom. We're just going to cancel all of these off of here and we don't want to lose you as a customer and you know, I'm the manager. I can do this for people sometime. I can't do it for you all the time, but I, you know. Hmm? Know you messed that money up. Huh? Knew you was messing it up when you messed it up. Don't even look at your bank statements every month. Denial. Right. Not just a river in Egypt, huh? 
It's an old joke. But anyway. But we do that and we do that and we do that and we do that. You know why God, number one, he forgives us because we're repentant about it. He forgives us because he wants us to stay in the game. He forgives us because punishment is off the table. You punish yourself enough with the knowledge that you messed it up again for no reason. I can't believe I bounced all them checks just to whatever you did. Absolutely. Sometimes we don't buy anything. You understand what I'm saying? We just hold on to it. Fear causes us to do those things. And God's looking at us with mercy. Like David says, oh, you know our frame. You know we just dust. Man, we down here doing the best we can with all kind of pressures against us. All kinds of things against us. Why wouldn't God give us a second chance? And a third chance. And a fourth chance. And a fifth chance. So faith confronts the threat to one's security and safety. When faced with fear, faith in God will automatically confront the threat. You don't have to really work up anything for this to happen. All you've got to do is believe God's word and take the next step in resolving the problem. You've got to be willing to want to step out of the problem and make a step with God. It is a breach of our covenant with God when we're threatened. See, when we're threatened then God's covenant comes into action automatically for us. God will offer us his answer and provide the faith that we need to do what we need to do to make that answer come to pass. You've got to move out in obedience to God for this to work for you. You can't just sit there and be scared about everything. And you can't whine and complain about things. You've got to change your confession to Side with what God wants to see happen for you and step out and do it, and God will be with you. Joshua 1, 5, God promised them, he said, no foe will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. When, when, when he says, won't be able to stand before you, let me get somebody real little. No. <laughs> Come here, Felicia. Come here. This is, this is what he means. Now, Felicia's coming toward me to take something from me. And he says, no foe will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Thank you, Felicia. You understand what I'm saying? And the reason they can, now come back here, Felicia. I know you're tired, right? Come on here, girl. Be ready for me this night. See, if, if we were, if, if she came toward me to take something and I didn't make a forward move, she could push me back. But see, my faith is moving me towards something that she's blocking and she won't be able to stand before me. Oh, she's sweet. All the days of her life. Amen. So, <laughs> praise God. Sit down, little Howard. I don't want you to. No. <laughs> you know I had to say something. But, but this, is what it, this is what it's about. You won't be able to stand before you. Why? Because you're moving forward, taking territory that he's trying to block you from getting toward. So that auto- automatically assumes that you're moving forward in faith. You're letting your faith propel you toward the answer that God has for you. 
Your enemies are not flesh and blood. These are spiritual enemies. It's fear. It's torment. Deception. Fear of lack. All of those things. When you're scared, you tend to shrink back. Nobody wants to fight anybody when they're full of fear. You're trying to protect yourself from it. But God says the only way out is through his fearless faith. God demands and encourages courage and faith in his word. He will not settle for less. Turn to Joshua chapter 1. God is getting ready to take Israel into their promised land. Something that they've been waiting for, they say. You know, just like us. Waiting on God to do this for you. Well, you got to move toward it in order for, for it to come to you. It's not going to just walk in and sit on your lap. You have to move toward it. Joshua 1, five. he tells them, no foe will be able to stand before you. There shall not any man be able to stand before you. And for us, any devil be able to stand before you all the days of your life. I don't care who the devil's messing with. You know, people like to get intimidated when the devil's trying to mess with their children. You've got to confront that thing. You've got to stand toe-to-toe with it with the word of God and make it back up off your kids. You've got to make it back up. You can't just say, well, I bless the Lord and God's going to deliver them. No, you make that thing back up. You talk to it. You command it. You prophesy it. You tell it what God says. You do whatever you need to do. You talk to it 24-7 if you need to, to make it back up. He said, not any man be able to stand before you all the days of your life as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And that's for us too. The reason that's in there is so that you can put your name in there and Joshua's name. As I was with Moses and with Joshua, I will be with you as well. Whatever it is that you need on this earth, you'll be able to get it. Because when you stand in my power, love, and sound mind, no devil can. And a sound mind, the devil can't talk you out of anything. Because your mind already has told you. You know? You know, sometimes if you're a, a, a parent, sinner kids will like your children. Just for the hell of it. They don't really have any good plans for them. They just get, get, start, take a liking to yours. Let me tell you, let me tell you where, where the soundness of your mind will flip over. Well, I don't want to be mean to them. You ain't being mean to nobody. You're stepping out in fearless faith, right? Now, when we talk, when you talk about being mean, nice, nothing. See, the devil tries to talk you out of your position and your stand. You raise those children to serve God. You raise them to live holy and live. You raise them to get God's expected end in their life. Not to go down the toilet and not to have trouble. All You raise them to have peace. The Bible says your children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be the peace of your children. Not a little bit here and there, but great peace shall be upon your children all the days of their life. And you know peace ain't coming with the people they're hanging around with. So pray them out of their life in Jesus' name. You don't have to be nice or mean to nobody. Just get the job done. Well, I don't want my child to feel like an outsider. They won't. 
They have plenty company. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. They have 66 books of company. They ain't alone. Well, you know, kids talk about them. That's good. They'll have a good report in heaven, just like Moses and Joshua did. They withstand the nonsense of the enemy. And let me say this, young people. One mistake in your life or two or 12 or 15 or 100 does not cheapen your value as far as God is concerned. Expect more out of your life, not less. You know, the mistakes I've made in life have positioned me for great things. Because <laughs> I know what to do, what not to do. I'm in a good spot now. Huh? Warts and all. Mistakes and all. I'm in a good spot to be victorious in God. That's what you got to say to yourself. You have no past. Once that blood eraser is applied to your life, you have no past. Joshua 1, 5 through 9, he says, nobody will be able to stand before you. For that reason, he says, I'll be with you. Whoa. Now this puts a whole different light on things. You mean I'm not doing this, but I'm not? Absolutely not. You have a covenant with God. He will be with you. When they came to arrest Jesus, Peter cut off that guy's ear and Jesus healed him, put the ear back on. And he said, man, don't you know, I can this little thing you doing here ain't nothing compared to what I could do if I want to get out of this. Now, if I want to escape thing, I got one. We have one, too. We have legions of angels that will come to our rescue if we need it. You don't have to be afraid to go anywhere. You don't have to be scared. I mean, and I don't mean go stupid. You know, try and I ain't scared of the devil. No, don't do that. But if God positions you to have to face or confront something, he's got backup for you. Remember Elijah and the servant? He said, Father, open his eyes. And man, when his eyes got open, he saw something. He saw the hills covered with soldiers and angels with swords drawn ready to fight for them. He said, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. That's why nobody will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Be afraid of them little half-baked people's kids. They you know, come around your kids and they living in a kind of way. and Live in, boyfriend, live out, girlfriend, and all this kind of. You don't have your kids around them kind of people. I mean, they may have to go to school with them. may let them love them and be friends with them, but don't let them over their house. No sleepovers. Don't get close to them. You pray for them. They think that's normal. You don't. If you thought it was normal, you'd be living like them. He said, no foe will be able to stand. But he said, like I was with Moses, I'm going to be just like that with you. He had to tell Joshua that because sometimes we look at our leaders as people, <laughs> I know y'all look at me like that, but you don't know about sometimes people, you know, you still get people more capable because they're in charge. We just love God. You know, it's, it's a gift is what I, I always tell people. I struggle just like you. I have weakness just like you. I have faults just like you. Things to get over just like you. That's what makes me a good high priest. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You can be a good minister that way. 
once you start seeing yourself as above people, you lose your edge as far as being able to help people is concerned. So. But he said, be strong. What does that mean? That means don't be weak. Don't be scared. Be strong, not scared. Be strong and of good courage. Now, there's a good courage and there's a not so good courage. Not so good courage is I'm blessed, highly favored, blessed by the best with no stress. Religious, religious stuff, you know, right, absolutely, religion, trying to fake your way through because you scared a man and what they might say about you behind your back. Good courage means that you don't tolerate fear in your life. So keep your courage good. And you step over in the faith in God. He says, for unto this people, you will divide the inheritance of the land. Now, God's prophesying to him to tell him everything that's going to happen. When God tells you what's going to happen at the end, it's to give you a vision and hope so that when you start going through the process of obtaining it, you won't think it's for nothing. Now, let me tell you why a lot of people in Christianity don't have what they desire from God. They never get a clear vision from God as to why. You'll see people, oh, this is a tough life and everything's against me. They don't know why they're here. They don't think what they're living for is worth it because they have no vision and no hope for getting beyond the level of their everyday struggle. They don't have one lick of faith that, that their prayers are going to be answered, that they're going to get with. That's why they get bogged down in the process and in the struggle. He told Joshua, good courage doesn't get you. Good courage just sees itself going through to the end and no struggle whatsoever. Struggle? I don't think so. It's not sticking to me. I'm not concerned about the struggle. Good courage knows that there is nothing at risk as far as you're concerned. Jesus took all the risk for you. He took all the penalty for you. He took all the pain for you. He took all the everything for you. All you got to do is trust God and be cool. Don't quit trusting God. Don't get of unsound mind in the process and start listening to the devil and his people. I was praying with somebody and they told me something stupid. I got a prophecy. So everybody wants to. They go get a prophecy from somebody and come check it out with me. Well, why are you coming to me at all? Why do I get involved in this? I said, well, what do you want to believe? You know, sometimes you just got to get real with people. What would you prefer to believe? Well, I want to believe that. Yeah, yeah, we'll believe that then. Okay. People get hung up in nonsense things because their minds are not sound. You're trying to pull 5,000 pounds with teeny muscle. You know, you get to the point where you can lift that. The reason that you're consulting other prophets is because you know your muscle ain't strong enough why don't you get down to where you live and start lifting what you can lift and trust God for the end result you're not there yet you don't need somebody to encourage you every five minutes what's your problem you know people you know run from meeting to meeting and getting this and getting that and this why don't you stay with God in your Bible what's wrong with you and God talking together Now, I'm not against meetings. We have them. 
I'm not against church. We have that too. But I'm talking about, you know, people that every five minutes say, what's my blood pressure? What's my heart rate? What's my... You know, spiritually speaking. Every thought that goes through that, well, that must mean, I, you know, let me go here and see what they got to say. You understand what I'm saying? This is nonsense. That's somebody whose mind is not sound. And they're not willing to put in the effort to make it sound. Well, I don't know what's going to happen. I do. You don't confront that devil, he's going to eat your breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And snacks, too. And pick his teeth with your toothpicks. Oh, your little floss things. I like them now. Little flossy things. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? Good courage doesn't waver when the devil makes a move. Good courage gets excited that they're going to move another step closer to their goal. See, every battle that Israel went through, they got that much closer to the promised land. I'm going to say it again. Every battle that they went through, they got that much closer to the promised land. You need to see these confrontations as simply hurdles that you need to jump. In order to get to where you're going because you are on your way there. Just stay of good courage. Stay connected to God. Don't let go of his hand. Don't let go of him helping you. Don't let go of consulting him. I don't care if you have to do it every five minutes. God, did you really say this? God, I'm not sure what's going on. God, God, God. But stay a hold of him. Be strong and of good courage. For I'm going to give you your inheritance. Be very courageous that you can observe and do all of what I tell you to do. Don't turn from it to the left or to the right. Now, that's what sound mind. That's how you keep a sound mind. You don't look at what somebody else is going through. You don't look at what didn't work for them. You don't look at none of that stuff. You just keep straight forward. You keep your eyes like the Bible says. Jesus set his face like a flint. You know what that is? That's the end of an arrow. Which means if you get in his way, you're going to get cut. Yeah, make the devil scared of you. He's supposed to be scared of you, not the other way around. Make him scared of you. And he says, I told you this book of the law, that's what's going to keep you, is your relationship with God in his word. Your mind is sound because of your relationship with God in his word. When the devil tries to get in there with fear, you start drawing from the word of God, things that God has spoken to you, things that you know are true from the word of God, things that you believe will come to pass. And believe it. Put your whole self into it. And make yourself a weapon of warfare. Make your life a weapon of warfare. Verse 13 Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God has given you rest and has given you this land. So God tells you when to rest. You don't tell yourself you tired of praying and you tired of waiting. You tired of this. And you didn't. No, God will tell you when to rest. Until he says rest, you keep fighting. You get up and go hit the devil another time. 
Maybe he didn't feel the last one. He was too soft. Huh? I remember my, I remember my husband teaching me how to play golf. He would poke me with the end of the club if I did something wrong. You know what that did? That made me into the person you see today. A husband will be your maker. He'll toughen you up. If I if I if we would hit the ball, we would play pairs sometimes. Sometimes he'd bring me out of the closet and I'd play with him and the boys. But if I didn't hit the ball, or you know, when you drive that first shot you got in the he didn't let me play. Most of the women played with one iron the whole game. Cheating. He made me master all of them. I could hit a driver as far as he could. If I didn't, yeah, I could hit it farther sometimes. And if I didn't hit it as far as he did, he said, hit the ball, Alice. (laughs) Treat me just like the boys. So I wasn't allowed to be weak. You understand? I was not allowed, not even in relationships, was I allowed not to live up to my potential. I don't know where that came from. But God will tell you when to rest. You understand what I'm saying? He will tell you when to rest. You don't want anybody in your family being weak. You don't want anybody in your family missing out on what God has for them. You want them all toughened up so that they know God is with them and they can trust God. And they're not a pushover for the devil. Not deceived. So we confront until God gives us rest. Confrontation is merely stepping toward God's plan for your life. Just take another step forward. And all you'll find is that the enemy must get out of your way. When they crossed the Red Sea, God did them a favor that you won't get all the time. God made those waters stand up all night long. So people could envision themselves making it through there and the sea not Coming back together and swallowing them up. When you, when you live by faith and faith in God, you'll have to step out sometimes not knowing the outcome at any time. You may be taking what you think is a giant step and it only takes you one inch. Your faith will tell you it's okay to go and you think you've got it already. You think the next step is going to produce what you want. But you find out it's only the next step. God encouraged your heart to such a degree that he made you feel like you could accomplish much. with That's faith in action. That's what, that's what fearless faith is. It's not afraid to go. It swallows up all fear within itself. And it gives you confidence to go forward in God. We don't like people who are of fearless faith. I can tell you right now. It scares most people. Who do they think they are? And they this and they that. No, they have confidence in God. And they're not just watching other people all the time, but they're actually making things happen in their lives. We all want the report of fearless faith. But do we want the lifestyle that goes along with it? In Genesis, I'm sorry, Exodus chapter 1 and verse 15, you'll see fearless faith. On some women who were thought not to be a whole lot of anything. Exodus chapter 1. This was the first anti-abortion protest. 
And it was more than a protest. Got the job done. It says here, the verse 15, the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, of which one was named Shephra, the other one was And he said, <laughs> you know, and he said, when you do the office of the midwife to the Hebrew women and see them upon the stools, if it's a son, then you shall kill him. But if it's a daughter, then she shall be saved alive. They kill them by drowning them in the Nile River. The same river that they put a boat in and put Moses on. The same devil that tries to swallow you up will carry you to the next place. You understand me? He must obey the word of God. He must obey the plan of God. When you step out in fearless faith, you will find that the same people at your job, that talk about you and try to get you fired and all that kind of stuff, now work for you. And they have to serve you. They'll be the boat that carries you to the next level of your greatness. Verse 15 says they spoke to him and told him to do that. Verse 16, he said, when you do the office of the midwife, we said that the daughter will live. But if the mid but the midwives feared God. They held on to the word of the Lord. They knew God. They worshiped God. They honored God. And it says this, and this is what you need to understand. He says they they feared they feared God and and not they weren't scared of the king. See, when you fear God, you're not scared of the middleman in between you and your prosperity. You're not scared of the middleman in between you and your promotion. You're not afraid of these people because the fear of God absorbs that with fearless faith. So you can replace, you can trade in your fear of man for fearless faith. I don't care how long you've been uh, uh, afraid of people and, and unable to step out and do. I don't care how long it takes you. You can trade that in anytime you want to. He says here, they feared God and did not as a king of Egypt commanded, but saved the men, children alive. And the king of Egypt called them in for a confrontation. And they still weren't scared of him. God says this. When you are held, when they are called you before magistrates and kings and counselors, all these kind of people, don't try to figure out in advance what to tell them. Because that comes from the devil. That's fear talking to you. Fear tries to make up a story that you can convince them. Fear tries to make up a lie to help you with. Don't think of what you're going to say. Sometimes you won't have to say anything. Just show up. The devil will be so shocked you showed up. I remember I had to go to court. I don't like going down. I don't like going to the justice center and all in places. You know. I answer to a higher authority. You know what I'm saying? Come on now. But I swallowed my dignity. Swallowed my, you know. And they tried to, some people who were owners in the apartment, we didn't know the people, and they'd all going to do this and going to do that. I didn't know all that was going on because Mac was in our apartment at the time. He'd been living there for years. So I get this subpoena in the mail, and 
And they tell me, evicting some. I say, you don't own nothing to evict nobody from nothing. I own as much as you do. More, because he's, that's my daddy y'all messing with. And so we went down there, and we were standing around, and this guy was, no, I had called a lawyer ahead of time, and he said, well, uh, I'm just going to have to tell you how things are going to be. And I said, oh, a prophecy. It's right up my alley. Yeah. Uh, Usually these things are settled in a matter of a day, and they turn the property over to my my clients, and we'll be there. And, well, if you're willing to make a settlement, I said, settlement with who? I said, she don't own nothing. Oh, but no, this is a, you know, you don't understand. He said, if we don't, if we don't get a settlement from you, we'll go to court. I said, well, let's go to court then. I said, because I don't settle nothing that don't need to be settled. This has been settled a long time ago. So we went down there and we're standing there and he's writing something down and settlement, settlement, settlement. And so he says, are you willing to pay this? I said, I'm not paying her nothing. And it was on. Don't try to think ahead of time what you're going to say. When you get there, God, I was so insulted. I said, I'm paying her something? Are you kidding me? I don't owe her nothing. We went through this long harangue in court, and it wound up just like by the time we were done with them court, that lawyer didn't even show up anymore. Sent his assistant. When he was coming, his hair went from a little bit of gray to totally gray, and it got thin up here, and the thin was spreeting up off it. It wouldn't even lay down no more. Huh? And I just showed up. There wasn't much to say. There wasn't. God did my fighting for me. God answered for me. God did everything. So you don't ever have to be afraid. Ever. You know, and then there may be some things that aren't right in the situation. We found out everybody was messing up the money. You understand what I'm saying? But I didn't owe her anything. Amen. Who is she to try to take money from me? Amen. That's what Bill Cosby needs to do. I don't owe you nothing. Get out my pocket. Get out my life. You understand? If you got anything, let's go to court. Get off television. Let's, let's deal with this. But you don't have to answer to the devil. He's not your daddy. The faith in God made the Hebrew midwives fearless. First anti-abortion protest worked. Huh? It worked because they feared God. They trusted him. They got their answers from God. How are we doing, little Howard? I'm lo- I've lost myself here. Cool. Fearless faith casts out fear. Because it's perfected in God's love. You have been matured in the love of God when you trust him. All you have to do is put all your confidence over in him. The Hebrew midwives' faith in God made them fearless. Moses' parents then, because he lived. Now there's faith sometimes in situations that surround certain events. For instance, if if your children are born by a miracle, 
there's a certain faith that surrounds that child's life all the days that they live because they came here with that faith upon their situation. Don't ever negate that. You know, don't overplay that cheap or think they won't amount to anything or anything like that. That's special there. The fact that Moses, the Bible says, his parents looked at him and saw that he was beautiful. Which means that now in, in, in their, their uh, culture, their tribe, they were Levites. And when Levite children were born, they could be, reach a high level of the priesthood because they weren't to have any physical blemishes. If you had blemishes or you were deformed or something or, you know, broken leg or something when you were born or you know, something like that, you wouldn't qualify for the priesthood. God took without blemish. Got me? Jesus was a high priest without spot or blemish. Same thing that the Levites were supposed to. So they inspect the Levite babies. And then they start to groom them for their eventual position. If they, they can stand before the Lord. They, they feel that God has selected. It's not about pretty. It, like Muhammad Ali, pretty. I'm pretty. You know what I'm saying. Self-proclaimed pretty. But they feel that because this child is without blemish, God has selected them for the high priesthood. So they start grooming them from the time they're small. That's how they know they're selected by God. And so they see Moses. They say he was beautiful, without blemish, whatever, however they translate that. But they knew he was called to great things because God's hand was on him then. And so that's why they decided to save him by putting him in that little little boat that they put him in and sent him down the Nile and he probably looked like a lot of babies who were being drowned. There's hope for you. There's hope for your children. Because yours may look for a season like just like the rest of them that's out there going nowhere and doing nothing. But you've got to know God's hand is on them for good. You've got to know God. See, fearless faith will make you proclaim that and not let your mind be tormented by their current situation that doesn't line up with God's word. Some of us who are doing the best we can for God, our current situation don't line up with God's word. You understand what I'm saying? So we're all kind of floating on the river a little bit. But God. But God. Faith in God will make you fearless. It will make you fearless. Moses' parents, Hebrews 11, tells you their attitude. Who has a a version other than the King James? Pastor Shirley, you have a... You have King James? She got a phone. She got a phone. You got no, what you got on there, Tiffy? You got <laughs> she making a phone call. <laughs> Amplified. Okay, uh, I can't read it. Oh, touch it. Okay, get it for me. Okay, let um, see. Hebrews eleven. Ava, stop talking on that phone while church is going on. <laughs> 
Hebrews 11.23. Prompted by faith, Moses, after his birth, was concealed for three months by his parents because they saw how comely the child was. And they were not overawed and terrified by the king's decree. There was a lot of Levites that had pretty kids back then. But the faith that, that God had selected him made them fearless in preserving his life. See, there must come a trust in your heart for God to make you go through what you must go through in order to get to the other side where your answer is. Because there's devils everywhere. Moses was going to have to confront some things too. It says in verse 24, aroused by faith. So here there's faith for him not to be drowned by the midwives. That's the first installment of fearlessness. Then the parents pick up the fearlessness of the midwives and decide to preserve his life. You know the story. He was pulled out by Pharaoh's daughter. And nursed as his own child. She just loved that baby. For some reason she recognized the comeliness of the child. And decided to have him raised. He was eventually given back to his mother to nurse. So God brought it back full circle. To show them that that their, their child had been preserved. And he says that Moses aroused by the same faith that had brought him to the place where he was had grown to maturity and became great, refused to be the, called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. All that wealth, all that opulence, title, position, privilege, he refused all of that. He didn't know anything about the Hebrew lifestyle. He was raised in the palace, but he just didn't, it didn't click with him sometime, somehow on the inside. He fearlessly withstood the pressure To be great as far as the world's eyes are concerned. How many of us can do it? You know, Christian, especially in the music thing, Christian people fix it up any kind of way they want to so that they can compromise with the world. Make themselves big, make themselves important, all of that stuff. They'll make up any excuse they can. Moses refused that. He said, I don't want none of that stuff. I don't want any of it. Why? Because that fearless faith allowed him to push the Pharaoh and everything that he had out of his life. And the Bible says he endured, rather than that, he endured with his people. He suffered persecution with his own people rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Sin is only fun for a season, folks. After the fun season is over, you start reaping what you sow. It said, motivated by faith, amen. He left Egypt behind him, being unawed and undismayed by the wrath of the king. Whoo! Pharaoh was the most popular man in the world at that time. Moses was not moved. He says, in the wrath of the king, for he never flinched, but held staunchly to his purpose And endured steadfastly as one who gazed on him who is invisible. When you have fearless faith, it must be that you are in contact with the invisible God. You've got to be in contact. You don't get, this ain't something you you psych yourself into and blow yourself up into. This is something you must, it's a mantle that you wear. 
because of your connection with God and your dependence upon God. I don't care if you don't know much about God. You can get to know him. Moses' parents didn't know that much about him either. They just worshipped him and, and felt like they knew something about what this baby was called to do. And they decided to trust God in it. That's all it takes is a decision to trust God in whatever it is that's confronting you. What's confronting you now? Crazy things. Stupid schools. Stupid rules. Stupid taxes. You know, having internal revenue in charge of your health care made me nervous. And it's going to make people more nervous because if you don't pay for it, just what, guess what's going to happen to your tax return? It's going to be a debt nothing pretty soon. You're going to start owing the government. It's all set up, folks. If we don't get some people and pray some people in there who can reverse some of this nonsense. You'll be sitting here with the individual mandate and all that stuff. They want to pretty it up. All it is is more stuff in your pocket. Well, more coming out of your pocket. More control that you don't have. More things. So as Christians, we need to understand that God has a better option for us. There's a better life for us. Here's a life of promise. His promises don't depend on who's in the White House, out of the White House, what color they are, what color they ain't, what persuasion they are, what persuasion they're not. He will get the job done if he can find people who want to step out in faith and believe him. But I'm telling you, fearless faith will, will get you to the next and the next and the next and the next. You can't be afraid of who's in charge. You can't be afraid of somebody threatening you. You can't be afraid of being mean to somebody or, you know, not being nice to somebody. I like the accusation of the devil. You know, when the devil accuses you of something, that's a sign that you've got him totally bound. And all he can do is try to talk about you and talk you out of what you're doing against him. Huh? It's good to be in the company of those who have been accused by the enemy. Huh? Look at Job, wound up at the end with twice what he had before, and peace on top of it. Life was extended to enjoy it. I'm going to say that again, because many times we get discouraged. We Oh, look at all the time I wasted, and all the time has gone by, and it's still going by with you whining. If you would get up and start to move in the faith that God has, you'll find that that's being restored to you. The enjoyment that you get out of life will be much more. Abraham and Sarah laughed when God told them they were going to have a baby at their age. But they lived to enjoy that and they lived to enjoy many more. In fact, uh, uh, Abraham got married after Sarah died again and had more children. Those blessings of God never leave your life. When you are blessed of God, that blessing is on you forever. You can enjoy it forever. Don't ask me how he did it. That's his business in God's. And you, you'll find out if you have to go there. But I'm telling you, you will enjoy the th- <laughs> you know, you can enjoy the things of God forever. And ever and ever and ever. Amen. Why do we stop? Father in heaven, we thank you for giving us understanding of our fearlessness as far as our faith is concerned. We bless you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God of heaven and earth, for blessing us. To be in a place 
where we have your fearless faith upon our lives. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. And we'll walk in it, Lord. We won't be afraid. We will walk in it. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. If anybody needs prayer, come.